In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, when I was a kid, like eight, nine, ten years old, something like that, around that time, we used to go to my grandma's house, uh, her apartments, at the, uh, over, on Ham over on Mollison, where all of your grandmas are right now. Uh, we used to go there every day after school and hang out there for a few hours until we'd go home. And you know, back then we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have social media, we didn't have Netflix, we didn't have these things that keep kids inside today, so we used to go outside. It was a thing. Uh, we used to play as friends, just a group of us friends, we used to play. We used to play football, we used to you know, catch birds, we used to play pogs do all the things that kids used to do. We also played marbles. And marbles, I was fascinated by marbles because they're like these little perfectly, perfectly round balls with this really intricate design in the middle of it. So I was just kind of like amazed by them. And for a while, I saved up a little bit of money to go uh, buy my own. And so I did, and a few, few of my friends over at the apartment complex, we used to, you know, we went down the street uh, to buy some marbles from the store. And I bought, I think, five or six of them or something like that. We went back home, and we started playing marbles, me and, the, me and my friends. There's a way to play marbles. I don't remember how to play it, but uh, you win other people's marbles if you beat them, or uh, you lose your marbles to them if they beat you. That's all I remember. So I was playing with my friend, my best friend, and in front of the whole group, you know, all of us boys, and I lost all my marbles because I was awful at the game. And he took all my marbles, and I got really sad because I just I had saved so long for them, and I wanted them, and I liked them, and so on, but he took them from me, and he beat me, and so on, but I couldn't show that I was sad, because you can't do that when you're a kid, because you'll get beat up. So, I tried to toughen it out and everything, and my friend, who I'm sure felt very triumphant and victorious and so on, and he you know, is able to brag now in front of everybody else that he beat me and took all my marbles, was really nice about it, and actually did something that has affected me well till this day, taught me something back then, back when I was nine, 10 years old. In front of everybody, he grabbed all my marbles, separated them, and then handed them right back to me because he knew I liked them. That was a gift. That was a gift that he gave me. And it was a pure gift because I, don't, I didn't deserve it. I deserved to have lost my marbles. I couldn't complain that I lost them because I lost them fair and square. I could be sad about it, but I couldn't complain about it. I couldn't scream at the skies and say that things are unfair. It wasn't unfair. But he gave them back to me, and it was a pure gift because I didn't deserve it. This, I think, that act of friendship, that act of love, is, I think, a tiny image shadow of what encompasses all of the Christian story, or at least the world according to the Christian perspective. Because for Christianity, at the heart of everything, everything is the very gift of God, freely given out of love, not deserved by the receiver, but just freely given. And this is true of everything. 
from the creation of the world down to the creation of man and the angels and everything in between. Nothing is deserved by us. God did not need to create anything. He didn't need to make anything. God is God. He's perfect, infinitely bliss, infinitely beatified. God creates things just so that he can share his infinite joy with them. He doesn't need them. He doesn't need you and I. We add nothing to him. When we glorify God, it's not because we add something to him or because we magnify him. It's for our own sake. It's for our own good. God needs nothing from us. He simply creates us for our own sake. It's a pure gift. And then he goes further than that. Even when we offend him, he saves us by dying for us. And this is a furthering of the pure gift. It is just pure act of love after pure act of love after pure act of love and gift by God. Nothing that we receive from him is deserved by us at all. Like my marbles that my friend gave back to me. This is the core of what it means to be Christian, to understand this, to acknowledge it, and to live according to it. The parable that Jesus gives us today, there are two men. One of them understands this, the other one does not understand it at all. The Pharisee does not understand this at all. The parable, as we read, a Pharisee goes up to pray at the temple, so does a tax collector. The Pharisee goes up and he says, "Oh." God, I thank you. I'm not like other men. I'm not like all these really bad, awful people, like the extortioners and adulterers and, or like this tax collector that's behind me. I'm not like these guys. I'm a lot better than these guys. Let me tell you how. I tithe and I fast and I'm praying. Look how much better I am. Thank you, God. So this is the first kind of lesson here. If we're standing in front of God, bragging about ourselves and how good we are, I can pretty much guarantee you that we're not really praying to God anymore. We're just praying to ourselves. We have made ourselves God and we're praying to ourselves. And Jesus says as much when he gives the uh, account of the tax collector, the Pharisee, I'm sorry, the Pharisee, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. <laughs> He's just praying to himself. He's his own God. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. What is the Pharisee's kind of worldview? Well, because he's following the law of God perfectly, the rules that God has given mankind, he follows them dot after dot, line after line. He does it perfectly, and therefore, he deserves to be praised by God. He can go up to God and receive God's compliment. God, I'm not like other people. I'm not an extortioner. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not like the tax collector. I'm better. I fast and I tithe and so on. So he thinks that he deserves something from God. The tax collector goes to the temple and he also prays. And he can't even lift his eyes to heaven. And he just beats his breast and he says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. What's the difference between these two? The Pharisee thinks that in doing the will of God or in following the, the commandments of God, he deserves something. He deserves to be praised. He deserves a compliment. He deserves a claps. The tax collector understands though what he is. He's a sinner. And when we stand before God, we're gonna be one of these two, either the Pharisee or the tax collector. If I stand like the Pharisee, forget about it. The whole game is up. 
I've created myself as my own God, and I'm not really talking to God anymore. I could be looking up to heaven, but my heart is self-enclosed. The tax collector, if we go up like the tax collector, where we understand ourselves to be mere sinners, where we are fallen people, but the one that we're standing in front of is the giver of all good gifts. He's the one that has gifted the world to us. He's the one that has gifted life to us. Not because we deserve it, but because he wants to give it to us because he loves us. If I can stand, if I believe in the love of God, I can stand before God and say, be merciful to me, I'm a sinner. And it's okay because you are my God and you gift me with your mercy. I can be confident that the one that created the world will also bestow upon me the mercy that my soul needs to be healed. The worst thing that we can do to our spirituality is to reduce it to just rules and law and the, the stuff that we do and don't do, avoiding sin and doing uh, good things. Of course, we have to avoid sin and do good things, obviously. But if, when we reduce it to that, we just make it small, then it becomes a transaction between us and God. It becomes a business deal. God, I do this good thing and you give me this good thing. God, I avoid this thing and you help me avoid punishment. It, it just becomes a mere transaction. That's the worst thing that we can do to our spirituality because it's cold and it's callous. It has nothing to do with relationship or love. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that the mother of God, Mary, when the angel Gabriel came to her and he said, you are, uh, you're going to get pregnant, you're going to bear the son of the Most High, he will save his people from all his sins, he will take the throne of his father David, etc. What do you say? I guarantee you that Mary did not, for a second, think in her mind, oh, if I say no right now, then God is going to be upset with me. And if I say yes, maybe God is going to reward me. And if I say no, am I going to go to hell? Are all these bad things going to happen to me and my family? If I say yes, is God going to give me all these good things? I have to say yes, otherwise all these bad things are going to happen. I guarantee you, Mary did not have one of those thoughts cross her mind. Why did Mary say yes then? Not because she felt like she had to, that she was forced to, that she was compelled to. Mary said yes because Mary, being a good Christian woman, understanding the world in the light of God, also understands that everything comes from God as a pure gift and that the only response, the only proper response to a pure gift is to gift oneself back. This, this, is the, this is the action of Mary. This is also the action of our Lord. Because Jesus did not have to die on the cross to save the world. Jesus could have pricked his finger and that would have been enough to save the world. But Jesus wanted to show us what it really means to be a human being. To receive everything from God as a pure gift means to live it out back to God by giving ourselves as a pure gift back to him. That's what the cross is really about. Jesus didn't have to do that. He did that because he wanted to give himself back to God. He receives everything from God. He wants to give himself back to him. 
That's what the Eucharist is about. The, the word Eucharist, Eucharisteo in, in Greek, it means thanksgiving. The Eucharist is the cross and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is self-offering to the Father and giving himself over to us in an act of thanksgiving. The only response to understanding that everything comes as a gift from God is to give ourselves back to him in an act of thanksgiving. Because otherwise, spirituality becomes really cold and callous and it becomes very uh, forceful and it becomes very legalistic and it becomes very bland and worldly. When spirituality becomes, I have to do this because it's, an oblig it's obligatory and it's, uh, uh, you know, punishments are going to come my way if I don't do it. When that's our spirituality, there's no love involved. I mean, imagine this in a relationship. A husband comes home to his wife and he brings her flowers on Valentine's Day. And he says, I barely had enough time to go get it, but I knew I had to, otherwise you're gonna nag me through the night. But here you go, enjoy. That's not gonna go so well for him. Better off not getting them. It would be really great if he chose a random Wednesday or Thursday, not Valentine's Day or her birthday or their anniversary, to grab flowers on the way home and just present it to her unexpectedly. She would receive that as a gift, as a surprise, as an act of love, and she would cherish the flowers, because the flower, not because of the flowers, but because the flowers are symbolic. The flowers are a medium of the love of the giver. She loves the flowers because of the giver, not for the sake of themselves. God is the same. He doesn't want our gifts. He only wants the the, what they symbolize, us. God gives himself over to us, but all he wants back is us. Let us offer ourselves to him the way Jesus did, the way Mary did. This is true Christianity, to do all things not out of compulsion, not out of coercion, not out of force, but merely out of a self-offering love the way Christ did and in union with Jesus. That's what the Mass is all about. That's what the crucifixion is all about. That's what the, the church is all about, the pilgrimage of the church. That's what our lives are all about. Gifting ourselves back over to God as an act of love, a free act of love. Amen.